welcome back to Write Damn It with me, Zoe Richards, your host. This is the podcast for writers of all kinds who maybe get stuck with your writing. This podcast will help you get unstuck and help re-motivate you so that you get the writing done. Episode 71 and today this is all about spotting your sabotages and what to do about it. So I've got some news for you. If you've been sabotaging your New Year's resolutions already, actually you're just normal. You are one of millions of people who's doing exactly the same. We all have the capability of sabotaging what we're doing and we kind of do it with regularity as well. I'll give you a little example. I decided I was going to create a whole new page on my website to have the show notes for the podcast. And without checking what I was doing, note that bit, okay, without checking what I was doing, I duplicated my blog page, which I call the notebook, and then I proceeded to delete all of the blog posts, the notebook posts, from the page that is now the podcast page. Do you know what happened? I deleted every one of my posts off the notebook. Every one of them, gone. And that part of my website, it doesn't actually allow you to do a reset. Any other part of the website, sure, you can do a reset, but not when you've deleted posts off a blog page. So I've done a little bit of a mini sabotage. The obvious thing to have done there would have been for me to have started off by checking I knew what I was doing. That's one form of sabotage that we can encounter. But the more common one is actually based around beliefs that we hold. Every one of us holds beliefs. Even if you think that you don't hold really strong beliefs, you will find that there's things that happened at home, at school, in your formative years with friends. Things happened that determine the values and beliefs that you hold today. So what happens is that we hold these thoughts And as a result, we then create these really strong neural pathways that tell us that our thoughts are correct. Let me give you a couple of examples. I was told when I was little, you can do anything you put your mind to. Now, that sounds like it's something really positive, doesn't it? The trouble is that I turned that into thinking that if I didn't put my mind to something, that meant I couldn't do it. Not that I just simply haven't put my mind to it, but actually that I physically could not do that thing. You may have had something similar. Perhaps you were told that you were a SWAT at school and were embarrassed at how you were told you were a SWAT and all the bullying that perhaps came with that. And so you stopped working at things. Or maybe you were told in class that you had done something really bad with your homework and you believed the outcome from that. My husband was actually given, believe it or not, so he's, um, when was he born? 1960 he was born. And so these are the days when there were some things in schools that were horrendous. He was actually given the dunce's cap and made to stand facing the corner because he couldn't spell properly. He's actually dyslexic. That's why he couldn't spell. But for years, he believed he is thick. 
And I mean, I have to tell you, even though he's not got anywhere near the level of qualifications I've got, he's far more intelligent than me, much cleverer at stuff. But he believed this thing of he's the dunce. So even though I'd be the kind of person who would get the higher marks in school, he was the kind of person who believed that he would never get a high mark in school. So how does all of this relate to our writing? Well, let's think for a moment about what you could perhaps have as some thoughts around your writing. Perhaps you tell yourself at times that you're no good at writing. Perhaps you tell yourself that because you haven't got a degree or a qualification in English or, you know, haven't done a degree that is related to English literature, perhaps you tell yourself that you'll never be able to write. If you listened into the chat with Debbie Alper, you'll have heard her talking about when she had somebody with a master's degree in, I think it was creative writing, and she believed that there was nothing she could teach this person and then ended up finding that she had a lot that she could teach that person. So we have beliefs that come from things that happen to us at a younger age and then how we think about those things as we get older. You may think that if you don't work hard at your writing, you can never be a success. Maybe you think that you've got to have your first chapter absolutely polished before you can carry on with the rest of the story. Or unless you can write amazing prose, you're never going to be able to tell a good story. Do you know what makes a good story? I've got news for you. It ain't the good prose. A good story comes from a good story. (laughs) So you can have somebody who's written amazingly beautiful prose, but the story isn't there. And as a result, when you have readers looking at something, they're not actually that interested in the amazing prose. They're much more interested in the really good story that takes them somewhere. So the way that we're thinking actually has an ability to block our learning. Did you know that this is a trait that we have as humans, that we can have this amazing ability to block our learning? Let me give you an example. Last year, I ran this writing reboot very cheaply and I had somebody who got in touch with me saying she wanted to do it, but she couldn't afford it, even at the low price. Now, I've got to say that when I do things that I sell, I'm charging because actually my time has a value attached to it. Now, I'm sharing part of the writing reboot with you here, not because I'm going to sell you anything, but because I think you'll find it useful. But then I had no income coming in. I needed to earn. So I was doing the writing reboot really cheap and I wasn't prepared to go lower or charge nothing at all. So instead, I suggested that maybe she could follow me with what I shared on social media as a start and that would be something that would perhaps help her as she couldn't afford to do the actual course itself. So as part of that I said to her that she could perhaps also set herself a little reminder on her phone or stick something on the fridge that she could then write something every week. I then watched what happened on social media and what I saw was that she was struggling to write anything at all. And I think what was happening there for her, this isn't a criticism of her, it's an observation of of what happens for many of us. Her brain had created this block for her from learning anything at all. Now, we have this thing called the reticular articulate. Oh, I can never say this one, you know. It's called the RAS, the reticular articular. Oh, I'm struggling. Can you just look up 
RAS. So the S stands for system. I don't know why I struggle saying it's articulated. So reticular articulated system. And this is something where it's our brains believing in what we tell. Do you know, I've just given you a great example. I tell myself I can't say what the letters R-A-S stand for. So I now believe that's correct. This is a brilliant example of how I've used the RAS to believe in something. I didn't set that up, by the way. That is absolutely what happens when I try and tell people what the words are for RAS, for the R-A-S. So this is something that is our brain taking information we're giving it that will then block us from being able to do something or block us from being able to learn. And and that means that we can struggle to then follow instructions or we can struggle to get something right. So I'm going to call this writing block, not writer's block, but writing block. So when it comes to our sabotages that we use with writing, what that can end up doing for us is creating a writing block for us. We prevent ourselves from writing. Maybe you're telling yourself, I don't have any time to write. Next time you are scrolling through social media, ask yourself, is that right? Do I have no time to write? I nearly didn't get round to recording this episode and I was almost going to let myself off. Do you know why I didn't have time? Because I was busy in work. I've had a really busy week this week and I needed to write and I had some other stuff that I just needed to do, life admin stuff. So I was saying to myself, well, maybe I'll just do this episode a little bit late. And then I thought, you know, I'm about to sit down and watch telly. If I'm watching the telly, I've got time to go and record this episode. So if you're telling yourself you haven't got time to do your writing, just check in. Are you scrolling through social media? Maybe you do have a really busy job and you've got kids and you've got family stuff going on. So then the question to be asking yourself is, Is this the time for me to write? Rather than I haven't got time, is this the time for me to write? And it may be that you need to be allowing yourself a break and not writing at the moment. However, I was, I'm going to tell you this is not showing off, but the reality of how Garden of Her Heart got written. I was caring for my husband who was suffering from, it's not actually called long COVID when you have multiple sclerosis, it's uh, symptoms that are a follow-on from COVID for people who have MS. So he was having some really strong problems. One of the symptoms is what they call the MS hug. It feels like you're having a heart attack, but actually it's the muscles around the heart that are tightening. So I was having to care for my husband. My mum broke her back. I did have her being supported with rehab in a home. It was appalling and I actually had to extract her. I abducted my mother from a residential home where she was getting diabolical care. So I then became her carer and I was working a high pressure job 60 hours a week. So with all of that going on, you think you've got no time to write, Zoe. I wrote Garden of Her Heart first draft in three months whilst going through all of that. And I did it by getting up at 6am. So I knew my mum would need me to care for her from half seven. My husband was okay in the mornings. He needed the caring of an evening. So that meant I got up at 6am, made myself a cup of tea, sat down and I wrote. And I said to myself, I am just going to write for 15 minutes. Most days I managed half an hour. 
Some days I manage 45 minutes. So there are ways in which we can find time. I've seen people who do the 5am club. I don't think I could write at 5am. I'm not sure my brain would be awake enough. But there are people who are living busy lives who do that. Maybe it's finding time at the very back end of the day. Or I think it was Nima Shah who wrote Kalolo Hill, who says that she wrote on her commute. So she would write into notes on her phone and that's how she wrote Kalolo Hill, the first draft. So, you know, there are ways in which people find a way around not having any time. There could be another way in which you're telling yourself that you aren't able to do this. Perhaps it's that oh, that novel didn't work. I'm going to write a different one or this one's not working, but I'm going to keep persevering. Sometimes we have to find the truth within what's going on there. So are you jumping from one idea to another? If you are, it might well be because you have a fear of continuing writing. I used to be one of those people. I would start writing a novel, wouldn't get very far, came up with a new idea, started writing a novel, didn't get very far. If that feels as though that's a pattern you're in, that's potentially a sabotage for you. And it's okay. It's okay that that's your sabotage. You simply need to notice that it's your sabotage. So if it is, then maybe you say to yourself, well, before I switch ideas, I'm actually going to write another 10,000 words and see where this novel goes. Alternatively, if you've been working on something for a long, long, long time and it really doesn't feel like it's going anywhere, but my God, are you determined you are going to persevere with this? Well, maybe you need to try and write something new. Again, that's something that I did that I know that the seamstress, which may not end up being called that if it does get rewritten, but I knew that the seamstress wasn't working for me. So what I did was say, I'm going to apply all my learning by writing a brand new novel, which is what Garden of Her Heart is. So if you are doing that to yourself with a sabotage, forcing yourself to keep going, maybe it's time to experiment and apply your learning to something brand new because you may have got yourself caught up too deeply in it being too complicated for you. I was actually asked to read a, a report for somebody in work just before Christmas. I gave her some recommendations of how she could tighten it up and yesterday she asked me to read her next draft. Now I could have said it's absolutely perfect. It wasn't. And I could have said, bin it, this needs rewriting. What I did was find the middle ground. But if I'm honest with you, what she really needed to do was bin it. You know now what you want to do, what you want to write. Start again from scratch. That wouldn't have helped her confidence. So I didn't say that to her. But maybe you can say that to yourself. Have a read through what you've written and decide that, you know, maybe not bin it, but put it aside, stick it in the bottom drawer, stick it in a file somewhere and write something new. You could rewrite the whole story. There are authors who say that's how they do it all the time. I think it's, is it Gillian McAllister? Who says that she completely deletes her first draft because now she knows what the story is. She starts again from scratch. So there is something to be said for identifying what is your writing block? What's the sabotage that you are creating for yourself? And the first step in this is simply to notice what that sabotage is, what that writing block is. From there, you can start to deal with it. Now, if you don't believe that simply identifying what the block is and what the sabotage is will change things for you, I've got a little test for you. 
It's winter as I record this, so I'm going to challenge you to go off and notice blue butterflies. That may not be the real thing, by the way. It could be a butterfly on the side of a delivery van. It could be a butterfly in a book. If you eventually are watching, uh, reading this whilst also reading Garden of Her Heart, you might find that there are some butterflies in Garden of Her Heart. They are not blue, but there are butterflies there. You could find butterflies on somebody's clothing or on an umbrella. When I was challenged to do this, I had spent the whole day saying, I'm going to see blue butterflies. I'm going to see butterflies. I will see loads of butterflies. I'm going to see lots of butterflies today. It was well on in the day. I hadn't seen anybody. I turned the corner and a woman bumped into me. She was wearing a coat covered in butterflies of a range of colours and loads of them were blue. So when we tell our brain we are going to notice something, it doesn't have to be blue butterflies, by the way. This is the, it's called the yellow car syndrome. So when you decide you're going to see yellow cars, you see them. When you are buying a new car, you always start noticing the car you are going to buy. It's a, a whole process of our brain. It's back to the RAS, the reticular articulated system. I think that's it. <laughs> so when you are telling your brain that's what you're going to notice, you do actually notice it. So blue butterflies are around you. I, honestly, they are everywhere right now, even though you're not noticing them. But when you tell yourself you're going to notice them, you will. So once you are noticing your sabotages, because that's the whole point of spotting the blue butterflies is just to show you how it works. So once you start noticing your sabotages, you can do something about it. And that is to make a decision to do things deliberately by choice. So you can now say to yourself, I don't have time to write much every day, but I'm going to write for 10 minutes. I don't have time to write during the day. I am going to do 100 words before I go to bed or get up early, you know, whichever it is. I've got loads of ideas going around my head. I don't know which to write. I'm going to choose one of those ideas and see what happens with it. So the idea of this is simply to start playing around once you've noticed the sabotage. So I'm no good at writing. Maybe you could just change that sentence to, I'm no good at writing yet and I can get better. But once you've noticed that you're telling yourself you're no good at writing, what specifically am I no good at? And then you can go off and find some podcasts, some YouTube videos, some workshops, some webinars. You can go and find things that help to teach you what you've identified you are no good at. I did that with dialogue. I actually feel like I'm a darn good writer of dialogue now, but I went out deliberately to learn how to write dialogue. So anything that we're sabotaging ourselves with is likely to be something we are using to hold ourselves back. And we will do that to protect ourselves. You've had all the experiences at school where you were brought down, where you were knocked by how things were working in your life for you. So this is about now starting step by step to build yourself up. I'm not suggesting that you become an overnight success. What I'm suggesting is you take one step up. That's all. Just try and take one step up. If you're not writing a whole novel, simply write those 100 words. That's one step up. 
So you notice your sabotages, you start to do things deliberately, which can include changing your language, and you work on taking one step up. That's all. That's it. All it is. So for this step of the right damn it writing mindset approach, you literally are noticing you've got sabotages from noticing them. You are going to do things deliberately, including looking at your language, and then you're taking one step up. That's it. That's all you've got to do. Okay. I hope you found that helpful. Happy hunting for your sabotages as well as happy writing. May the words flow for you and I will see you on the next episode.